0: Out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Behind! Woo! there's that silence
1: it a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Dumped up. It. Pop pass up in the middle. Tucker's got, got, it. got it. it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit it oh. in! Gregor's touchdown! The Bills make me wanna shout! Allen looks to his left. Fires left side.
0: It's going oh, to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes a catch! Touchdown, Buffalo!
1: Swing into this! It is over!
0: ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, you so heard, at 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, or whatever you are doing, the ESPN app, seen, heard, and everything in between on the magic, wonderful, spectacular, stupendous, amazing, QSportsTalk.com. A place where you can watch a man talk about sports. A place where you can digitally talk about sports in a live chat that flows throughout the program. A place where you can get it all, friends. The show within the show as well when a radio audience, and we love the radio audience, when they go to commercial break, our friends at QSportsTalk.com, they say, well, that's not just going to work for us. We're just going to stay right here. And we're going to continue to get content and we're going to continue to talk to you and you're going to like it. So we said, okay, cool. We're good with that. We got the technology for that and everything. So we might as well do that for you. Sometimes some naughty words get said, sometimes some props get used. Uh, Today, today, my friends, today, some props are going to be used. I can assure you that. You know what that music means. Rumor has it the phantom of the zone has been lurking on Walton Street. It's easy to spot on such a snowy day. The black mask and the cape and the hat. It's been spotted several times here in downtown Syracuse. Perhaps a dramatic reading of your tweets could be in our future. We shall keep an eye out. Phantom. Is that him? Is that him? I think I, guys, I, think I see him. I think I see him. Shh, shh, shh. I think I see him. The Phantom of the Zone. So we shall do that, and uh yeah, we're gonna bitch about refs today. That's pretty much what our day is gonna be. So come on by! Come on in! We'll have some fun. Four three seven seventy six forty four. Brent Axe Media on Twitter, and as mentioned, QSportsTalk.com has the chat. We're also going to chat with Syracuse Crunch head coach Ben Grew later in the program, about 525. We'll check in with the head coach of the Crunch. They are playing very well as of late, some of their best hockey of the season. A member of the Crunch just set the all-time points record, that being Alex Barry Boulet and lots of good, juicy Crunch stuff to get into their hosting Utica on Friday. Drop the puck, talk some hockey. See, I think by then I'll be kind of at my wits end with all this stuff from last night, and uh, we'll want to change the subject a little bit. And we'll do that later on in the show. Let's just get into it, shall we? 23-3. 23-3. to, 3. 23 to 3. When Brian O'Connell, Lee Castle, and Roger Ayers became officials wherever it was they became officials you know most officials start at like the high school level and, and they work their way up and get a nice plum job it's uh acc officials doing a couple games a week get to travel the country get to get paid pretty well most of these guys do this as a side gig right they also have other jobs nice gig if you can get it right particularly if you can go out there and ruin a basketball game and to my knowledge not be held accountable for Maybe the ACC says something. Maybe I know they get reviewed and everything, but none of those three had to sit in a podium and explain themselves last night. None of those three had to be held accountable publicly on a radio program like this unless they choose to for the myriad of calls that they made last night, the huge discrepancy in free throws, which... You know what is unexplainable as it is, is a farce, no matter what they say. You cannot rationally tell me one way or the other. I'd be curious for them to try and explain this. How North Carolina can go to the free throw line 23 times. Syracuse only goes to the free throw line an entire basketball game three times. When Syracuse has 38 points in the paint, when Syracuse was in the paint, they had players driving in the paint. When Jesse Edwards was not in foul trouble because of the ridiculous second, third, and fourth fouls that they called on Jesse Edwards, giving North Carolina a distinct advantage when Armando Baycott magically only had one foul at that point. It's probably better that we didn't hear them explain that. There's just certain things in the world like, do I really want to know what's at Roswell? I might be disappointed. The conspiracy theory is better. So me believing what I want to believe and what I saw with my own two eyes and what you saw with your own two eyes last night is probably better than what any of those officials could have told us. Now, Jim Beheim, I think, was pretty diplomatic last night. I wouldn't have blamed him if he went off on those officials and then walked out of that room, found John Wildhack, and said, I'll pay the fine. It would have been worth it. Adam Weitzman is paying recruits a million dollars. He's bringing in all sorts of athletes for name, image, and likeness deals. Can he cut us a check to send to the ACC? It would have been worth it because of how bad that officiating was, how inconsistent that officiating was, and how much it affected what was otherwise a great game. Syracuse and North Carolina managed to play a back-and-forth terrific basketball game in spite of what those three were trying to do and interject themselves in the game and miss call after call after call, wait it one way, go to their little TV over there. I thought like they were catching up on The Last of Us over there on the sideline. They they were multitasking. They were watching a basketball game and then hey guys, let's pretend there's a review there. I got man, I'm binging the last of us. It's a great show. I, I just can't wait till we get back to the hotel. And they're going over their little TV and they're watching it. This is not going to be about how hard it is to be an official. We we get it. You're paid professionals. You do this two or three times a week. You've made it to a level where you're a major Division I college basketball official. It's funny how Jordan and I, at the same time last night, made the the exact same observation. And the beauty of social media is you're kind of marking the tape when these things happen. And we both last night, made an observation at the same time that they were just kind of letting stuff go. That if you didn't call that, then, okay, giddy up here. This is going to be a game where the officials recognize the physicality, recognize the way that North Carolina plays, the way that Syracuse is trying to play, and we're only going to step in here when we have to. I was ready to compliment this crew on that. It's as if when they went through the little TV Over on the sideline there, they saw that, and they said, oh, we can't have that. Oh, no, no. And it became the direct opposite of that, but only on one side. There is no rational explanation for this, and it ruined what otherwise would have been, and still was in a lot of ways, a terrific game. Now, let's make this abundantly clear. Syracuse made its own mistakes. They got to sleep in that bed. Jim Boeheim was asked about that after the game and I thought it was fair to bring up and this was his response Do you think the press helped you guys get back into it? Not really It's the second game you lost by four points in the span of eight days Why can't your team close out? Uh, at games? We're like done. It's a fair question It's a fair question But at least Judah Mintz in this situation I think this is a much different situation than Miami had the ball, went to the hoop Should he have – we can would have, could have, should have that all day. This is not as bad as Miami, but he's in a spot. It's another close game where Syracuse found ways to lose. Joe Girard, under that basket, you just don't go after that ball. You hate to tell a player not to hustle or not to go after it. Instinct, ball going out of bounds, let me say this, try and get into my teammates. Probably better you don't do that. We can what if it to death, Syracuse was in another situation where they could have won that game came back from another slow start, had Carolina there. It was a terrific game back and forth, despite what the refs were trying to do. Syracuse made its own mistakes here. Nobody's absolving them of that. Nobody's ignoring that. But for those officials to interject themselves as much as they did and, and alter this thing the way that they did unnecessarily in a lot of ways, I mean to call a flagrant one on Judah Mintz in that situation. I I just I can't even comprehend why you do that. That's that's giving somebody a jaywalking ticket. That is giving somebody a speeding ticket for going 56 and a 55. Like you let technicalities go there. I get why maybe you got to call the foul, but there are too many defenders, and it happened last night that are literally leaning into the play and getting the whistle. I mean I can't recall. Maybe it's been out there. You guys tell me where you've seen an offensive player get a flagrant one. The Judah Mintz, in that situation, as much as Judah Mintz has had some freshman moments, with the game on the line, is going to drive in and foul somebody. Use his elbow as a weapon as opposed to just trying to make a basketball move. He said it himself after the game. He's trying the Euro move. That's what these players are taught to do. So, to add insult to injury and hold everybody up and go back over there to your little TV and come out of that with a flagrant one, I mean, that is the office kiss-ass right there. That's the next day Roger Ayers can talk to his boss and be like, look what I did. Like He's like Flanders. Going to Mr. Burns, so proud of himself for what he did because he checked a box on some obscure technicality at the Springfield nuclear plant. Good for you, Roger. Congratulations. You'll get a little gold star for that. Meanwhile, the whole world's looking at this thing saying, what in the world are you doing? How about the first drive for Judah? In no way, shape, or form is that a charge. Reese Davis and Debbie Antonelli, particularly Debbie Antonelli. No offense, Reese, but I was particularly struck by Debbie Antonelli, who is one of the smartest basketball minds out there, and I was really thankful she was on the game last night because she's great. And she was incredulous. She's like, what do we call in here, right? The second foul on Jesse Edwards, the third foul on Jesse Edwards, and the fourth foul on Jesse Edwards were all separately ridiculous. To that point, I want to play a clip back from earlier today right here on ESPN Syracuse where Jerry McNamara, Understandably, coming from a biased view here, but Jerry McNamara explains this as well as can be. Jesse Edwards is doing exactly what these players have been told to do, and he's still getting punished for it.
1: And and and, and to, to be you know just completely transparent and, and honest, it's frustrating. You know, I think one of the rules in this game that that has progressed in a positive way has been the vertical contest rule. So if you jump straight up and don't put your hands down. It's a quality basketball defensive play. And I thought we had multiple quality vertical contests um, that didn't go in our favor. Um, And that's frustrating. And it's really frustrating because it ends up putting uh, a guy like Jesse Edwards, who's as good as any big guy in our league, in a difficult situation where now he goes from one foul to four um, on on quality defensive possession. So... um, I thought we adjusted the right way in terms of what they were running. They were overloading the elbow, cutting it, you know, sending a backdoor cutter. We matched up from the four spot. We didn't match up late when Nance got the foul, um, when they were down two in the last offensive possession they had. We didn't cover the backdoor, which we had been covering. Uh, but for the most part, in, in a good stretch of that second half, we we matched up properly, forced them to play, you know, really two on two or two on three from 15 feet and in and I thought we did a really good job defensively. It just didn't go in our favor.
0: That's Jerry McNamara earlier today on Orange Nation, and he couldn't have said it better. He couldn't have said it better. There, I don't know what role these officials think they play. I don't know why they do this. I don't know why they feel like we're all there to watch them. They have to do their job, but they quite often overdo their job. Last night was a prime example of that. Now, look, we warned you going in last night. Anybody that's watched North Carolina, if you know, they draw more fouls than anybody in the ACC. It's about 24 per game, their style of play. They smell blood in the water. They know how to manipulate refs. But what happens is we start getting into the old theories. And what has Uncle Brent done on this show time after time after time? What have I done on the bird app? Time after time after time. I've tried to explain to you, it's not conspiracy. It's not the league doesn't want Syracuse and we're going to get them Yankees and all that. It's the refs have too much on their plate, they're too inconsistent, and they're just flat out too bad at their job right now. We talked to Brendan Marks about this last night on this show from The Athletic and when we brought up how Carolina gets to the free throw line as often as they did. And, you know, there's a tweet from Brendan before we even had that interview about how bad ACC officials have been this year. On any given night, you can get a tweet like the one that showed up in my timeline from Pat Forty about monitor madness and these refs and the inconsistencies. That's what it is. It's not – conspiracy theories are fun, right? Oh, we're going to get them. And I even wrote it in my column today. It's hard to dispute that it's the All-Carolina Conference when we see what we saw last night. By the way, it wasn't the same crew, but North Carolina, NC State, you know what the free-throw disparity in that game was? 39-12. to Now, I backtracked pretty much every North Carolina ACC game, and there are games where teams shot more free-throws than they did, and there are games where it's a little more reasonable what the disparity between free-throws was, but... That was not a game that you look at when it's over and say, yep, that makes sense. That's a thing that you see throughout. People are tweeting me through the game, like how in the world do they have 16 free throws and Syracuse is one?" And I don't have an answer for you. So you know what? Jim Phillips and company, you leave yourself open to these conspiracy theories, you leave yourself open to this belief of bias because of the way these things play out. Because the basketball doesn't back you up. The numbers don't back you up. The data doesn't back you up. Nothing does. You are left with, how in the world did that happen? 23 to 3. If you called it straight, if you called it even, if you weren't corrupted, if you weren't affected by certain things, then maybe we'd be having a different conversation. right now. But this has been happening all year. This has been happening north of the Mason-Dixon line, south of the Mason-Dixon line, and everywhere in between when two ACC teams are on the floor, this stuff is happening, and it's happening too much. I wish I had the answer for you. I really do. But the easiest thing is just do what you did in the first half and part of the second half when the game was just as physical, when the game was the game. And you stayed out of the way and you jumped in only when you had to. For a while there, no blood, no foul rules were in place. For a while there, it was a basketball game. And you let it be a basketball game until you made it about you. And again, I ask, why? Did you get a little gold star today? Get a little pat on the fanny? Huh? Oh, look what I did says right here in rule book, flagrant one. Huh? Look at me. Where's my gold star? Ridiculous. And I'm just, I'm sad for those kids. I'm sad for those players. They lost the game. I want to make this abundantly clear. Joe Girard made that mistake. Judah Mintz made that mistake. We can go through a number of plays in the second half where it's like, well, you can't do that. Joe Girard's taking shots from the logo. Joe Girard also was the leading scorer on that team last night, and they are nowhere near competitive in that game without Joe Girard, Dave in Connecticut, and your moronic call earlier today on Brian Higgins' show. Judah Mintz led the team, or had 17 points, almost led the team in scoring last night. In prime moments, in clutch moments, you got to come through. Nobody's excusing that. That was a fair question that Beheim was asked. That's all. See, both things can be true. We're so absolutist now in sports; it's one thing or the other. I was tweeting about this um, free throw thing today, and I, of course, I get the tweets like, "We are four and fifteen against Ken Palm top seventy-five team. Stop making excuses." It's like can't both be true here. That Syracuse has been struggling as a program and the refs were terrible last night and tilted the game in favor of a team it completely unnecessarily tilted it towards both things can be true why do we why can't people have have context today why does everything have to be one way or the other because quite often it's in the middle it's gray area and it's not black or white like that but that's what you've been trained to believe so ba sheep go believe that most of the time that's not true And last night is a prime example. of that. And I am frustrated today as a basketball fan that that's what we had to watch last night. I'm a little more frustrated because it's the team we cover and are a part of day by day. I would have been just as frustrated if that was North Carolina against Pittsburgh last night. Or fill in the blank, any two opponents. As a fan of the game, you can't like that this is happening. It just happened on our doorstep last night. And it wasn't the first time. And if they don't figure this out, it's not going to be the last. Now, we'll come back on the other side and look at more of the basketball aspects here and some of those things that Syracuse did well. They did not do well. The clock is continuing to tick louder for this team because that was yet another prime opportunity that slipped through their fingers. They've got another one Saturday and another one right after that with Virginia on Monday. So, not all is lost here. But games like that can really sap you in a lot of ways. And take away some momentum and take away some confidence or, you know what? It can go the other way. It can fuel you. And I think it's going to go the other way with this team. But the conversations we're having today are are completely avoidable and unnecessary. And that's the frustrating thing. You're going to miss some calls. I get it. Nobody's perfect. And all those cliches I'm supposed to say right now. But, man, I hope the gold star was worth on that note, we will break. Come back continue to talk about this game. Some visitors sitting courtside last night. A spectacular article that my colleague Chris Carlson at Syracuse.com wrote about that. We will discuss. Brent, uh, ben Grew, pardon me, later in the show. Head coach of the Crunch. lot to do as we go through this Wednesday afternoon. Looking forward to hearing from you. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on (laughs) QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. All right. Welcome back they are on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com.
1: It's a curious thing.
0: I don't know. I don't know if the, if the hat's going to work, boys. I don't, I don't know if we're going to go with that. We're, we're trying to step up in the props department here. This thing is very uncomfortable. I've got a large hat on my head. Like, <sighs> I need proper motivation to do this. I can't hear anything. All right, we're going to ditch that. That's going. Bye-bye. We tried to add to the um, upcoming segment a favorite of this radio audience here. Because the tweets last night were so delicious about everything that was happening between Syracuse and North Carolina from an official front. As I like to remind you on this show, ladies and gentlemen, that I do not decide when we do the dramatic reading of your tweets. You decide when we do a dramatic reading of your tweets and given how the game ended, given the drama of the loss, given the officials, given how, how tense things are around for a number of people in Orange Nation, uh, the Phantom was spotted in downtown Syracuse and has made his way here into our Galaxy Media Studios at ESPN Syracuse because... A dramatic reading of your tweets was called for by you. So that's what we are here to do without the hat. Can't do the hat. Just not feeling it. So you're just going to have to get into proper mode. What's my motivation? My motivation, Roger Ayers, is an idiot. My motivation, my motivation, 23 to 3, 23 to 3, 23 to 3. 23-3. Twenty-three to three. Here we go. Now Jordan's yelling at me to put the hat on and commit to the bit. No. At Sheely House, refs saw a good game being decided on the court. And said not on my watch at Dave Shrevey I hate being in this conference. At Robbie Rob eight eight I slept on it. I'm still not over it. Cuse was robbed multiple times, multiple times by the zebras at what's the freaking. Try looking at the 39-12 disparity against NC State over the weekend, it is essentially systematic. At, 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 Gottlieb, show. Gottlieb, he. Of the House of Gottlieb? Are you effing kidding me? A flagrant on Syracuse? If anything, it is a foul on Carolina. Basketball is a contact sport. Jeez, this is awful. Kotlieb Sworn enemy of the House of Syracuse. Agrees. It is travesty. At XT Hood X, it's absurd that nobody will be held accountable for the officiating in the last two minutes of that game. You bring me your boss. And you bring him to me. And you get on your knees. You be held accountable. Zebra at Tom Drum 22. This is malpractice by this officiating crew in a game that Syracuse desperately needed. Now, Try to go to bed. Unbelievable. I am awake! At Hague NYC, it is impossible to have an offensive, flagrant foul. Impossible! I tell you. At Gilligan's Island. Hello, Ginger. Twenty-three FTS to three. Is laughable. Is he, <laughs> <L-M-A-O- laughs> at N C A a laughable the, the The House of Gottlieb Gottlieb Show I thought I hate Syracuse I'm so confused At Kevin Cummerford The referee last night fist-bumped two UNC players on the bench. Not once, but a couple times. I have never seen anything like that in my life. At Warner F.P. Imagine if TV Teddy did the game too. I just not imagine that. At D Cummings 164, one team shot 23 FTs, the other shot three FTs. But as a Tar Heel fan, I'm sure that seems normal to you. At K Fleming 14, by a rules book! READ LEGAL GUARDING POSITION AND REPORT BACK PLEASE AT COLTS 1090 DON'T THINK I'VE EVER SEEN A FLAGRANT CALL ON AN OFFENSIVE PLAYER WITH THE BALL IN HIS HANDS AT MARK Sargent, MAD BENNY Plays better than Happy Benny. He missed that layup in the first half and got benched. Totally different when he returned. Gotta find the mindset. Happy mindset. At the jump. At John Hempel 1, it was a terribly refereed game, particularly the first charge on Mintz, the flagrant, the lost foul on Mintz. Bay caught shove on the free throw rebound. The second and third fouls on Edwards. However, Gerard's play was the dagger. A senior cannot make
1: that play.
0: At Tom Hartnett 2 1, there needs to be a 60 second time limit on reviews. An out-of-bounds call with three minutes to go in the first half. Should not take five minutes to make. I understand calls are made in real time. And you want to get as many correct as possible. But there is a line! At Jeff in CNY. I think John Rothstein would concur. In his words... Make it stop. Also in his words, off the chain. Also in his words. There's a lot of Tyler Roberson in him. Also in his words. Stop making me do Rothstein puns! At Syracuse OGMU I'll never blame the refs for a loss. But I cannot recall a Syracuse game more poorly officiated than this. Those kids gave everything they had. On to Virginia.